1: I'm usually pitching HR tech people, so just telling them, hey, I write specifically for your industry. And then from there, kind of list a little bit about who I've written for, and then kind of just wrap it up with saying, hey, are you looking for expanding your blog with more content writers? And, you know, can we have that conversation?
0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Freelance Friday Podcast. I've got an interview for you guys today with Amanda Cross. She is the founder of the thehappyarkansan.com. She's a millennial blogger and a freelance writer, and she drops some gems in this episode. She's talking about cold pitching, and she really walks us through step-by-step step, how she finds her leads and how she reaches out to them. So incredibly valuable stuff. Recommend you stick around for that. Before we hop into the interview, we had our first guest instructor in the Freelance Friday membership this week. It was a couple days ago at the time of recording this, and oh my gosh, you guys, I'm still just so lit up from it. I want to say thank you to Alyssa from AuraAwakening.com for leading that call and really just sharing all of her secrets on hosting a coaching program for the first time, really developing all of the materials and putting everything together. She also dropped some amazing gems. So the freelance Friday membership is $10 a month. It's less than a couple of cups of coffee. So definitely head over and sign up. I'm going to have the link in the show notes. There's a couple of other ways you can get there. You can go to bit.ly y slash lj membership Or you can go to latashajames.com and click on join to get involved. Uh, Yeah, really excited about what's to come in there. We just have had a handful of calls so far and I just feel so energized and empowered and I hope you guys are feeling it too. Um, Okay, I think that's really it. I'm not going to ramble on too much with updates and what's going on in my life because like I said, I want to get into what Amanda has to say. She is brilliant and shared so much good stuff. So let's roll the interview. Welcome to the Freelance Friday Podcast. My name's Latasha James, and I'm your host. I'm a freelance digital marketer, video creator, and business coach. And this show is an inside look at the world of freelancing, featuring tips, tricks, and interviews with people who are doing it right. I'm so excited you're tuning into it. Let's get started. So welcome to the show, Amanda. Thanks so much for joining me today.
1: I'm really excited. I listen to the show like every Friday. So it's really cool to be on here now.
0: (laughs) Yay. I'm so excited to hear that. Uh, And if you guys didn't know, I was recently on Amanda's podcast as well, which is an amazing show. So I'm going to leave that interview linked in the show notes, but I am a big fan of your show as well. So excited that you're here. So why don't you start just by telling the folks out there kind of who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah. So my name is Amanda. I am a uh, freelance. Content marketing and thought leadership writer, specifically for human resources technology companies. It's very specific. I'm very <laughs> niche down. Um, but other than that, like I am a podcaster and I'm a lifestyle blogger too. So I have many hats.
0: <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit about um i I love that you mentioned how niche you are, first of all, how did you get started freelancing, and then also kind of how did you decide on that niche and that topic to focus on?
1: Yeah, so I started freelancing really back in twenty seventeen. I've been creating content online since two thousand and eleven when I started blogging, but it took me a really long time to understand freelancing as a career option and if I'd want to go down it because I actually have a master's in sociology so completely different from just writing online and whatnot so after I got my master's in 2017 I really needed a bit of a change up I had just this really trauma fields like graduate school experience it's just a lot like it's a lot different from getting your undergraduate degree because I feel like professors are just like very much so like Way more open,
0: (laughs) yeah, about
1: like what's going on because you are like I was like 22 at the time, so I wasn't like right right out of high school anymore, and so it just wasn't the experience I was looking for. And I did at first I wanted to just get a PhD and like continue on, but I decided to stop at my master's degree. and so I actually started freelancing just with stuff that I knew how to do through the content that I had already been creating. So a lot of it was like higher education based and digital marketing because I had grown my own blog at that time. So I was like, okay, I can do, I can talk about like college and grad school and, um, you know, Pinterest marketing, content marketing, stuff like that. Cause that's the kind of stuff I already knew how to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And it worked ish. I wouldn't say it really worked. I It wasn't I wasn't targeting the right people I wasn't targeting people who are going to pay me what I needed to get paid to make it a living so Mm -hmm. I decided soon after that to kind of I didn't know what I was going to pivot to and then on was on Upwork actually it's just how I got my start with freelancing it was like one of the easiest ways for me to like go from just like thinking about writing online to writing online and uh, I came across a client who was in the HR tech space. And the pay was very low. It was like $35 an article. So not like my best. But um, I really enjoyed that client because they let me put my name on my work. And if you're a writer, you know how hard it is to find like actual th- actual writing that's not ghostwritten. And it really helped me build my portfolio and turned it into something and a little bit of like taking some courses and finding like more information about it later. And in 2018, at the end of 2018, I decided to really go full force with HR tech.
0: That's awesome. Another Upwork start. That's so interesting because <laughs> um, I'm the same way. That's exactly how I started freelancing was like a random Upwork gig. And um, do you still use Upwork or do you like Upwork or are you kind of Upwork neutral?
1: <laughs> um, I think it's good for... Be- Beginners and even intermediate pe- intermediate people actually recently took my profile on private though, because I don't know, I've just kind of been burnt out on it lately. And I like cold pitching a lot more than I like working with clients on Upwork. And, mm-hmm. even, like, and especially because of my niche, there's not a lot of HR tech people who use Upwork. There are some, but it's like very hard to find work. And it's just, since I'm so niche down, it's easier for me to just go outside of Upwork at this point.
0: Right, yeah, well, it's like you know exactly who you're looking for, so I agree. I think upwork can be really good for people who maybe like aren't sure what niche they wanna target or even maybe what what exactly they wanna do, like if they have a bunch of different skills and they're not sure which one is marketable yet um but you it sounds like you definitely have like your ideal client nailed down really well, so is it just that you really liked that type of writing or that did you feel like there were a lot of gigs available for that type of writing or how did you, how did you kind of decide on, on making that kind of your thing?
1: Yeah. So it was, it's an interesting thing. It's not necessarily, I like, like, obviously cause I still talk about like freelancing and um, blogging and stuff like that in my lifestyle blog and stuff like that in my like, you know, experience over there. So yeah. for me it was more so one, it was profit it could be profitable because a lot of the HR tech companies are funded startups or like mm-hmm. really full fledged companies. And so that was a big part of it was like actually being able to make money from it and like having clients who are willing to pay me more than like a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars an article. Um, and then also just being able to What about topics that change the world in a way like it's so simple but like it really like the way we work we spend so much time at work and even if you're like a freelancer you kind of are in that same bubble of like remote work and the different ways that you can work with companies that way so the way that we communicate in the workplace really just makes such a big difference and I love that my clients are helping people have a better time at work
0: that's awesome I love that that's so cool um so what kinds of, I I know that I saw that you're, um, you just did a blog series recently. I stalked you on LinkedIn for a client, but what other types of writing or do you mostly do like blogs and articles or do you do bigger pieces of writing like white papers and eBooks and stuff like that too?
1: Yeah. So mostly it's blogging. I do occasional eBooks and I'm starting to like get into like more blog series. I'm actually working on one right now, um, for a client. So it's, it kind of depends, but it's mostly blog article writing. Yeah.
0: Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome that you were able to take that skill that you already enjoyed doing for yourself and make it profitable for clients. Although your own blog, you work with brands on your own blog too. So I guess your, your own blog is profitable as well, right?
1: Yeah. So I do like sponsored posts and also do a lot of affiliate marketing with that. So it's just great to have it coming from, my income coming from a couple of different locations because, yeah, I just don't like being kind of pigeonholed into one place. And sometimes when freelancing is a little slower, I can depend on my blog income and, like, still have money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's so important, being freelance. I can't stress that enough. Um, Cool. So you mentioned a couple times pitching to brands. So Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about that. Like, how does that process go? Do you just find – names of companies and and send like a cold email or where do you start with pitching to companies
1: yeah so I have a kind of a convoluted like really long process of just like finding brands because I think that's one of the hardest parts people like oh just find these top 20 lists on google and you'll be fine but like (laughs) it can be really hard to find just like it can be really hard to just google stuff and find the emails and then find and then send the emails So I use a couple of different places to find different companies, especially because I work with mostly software tech startups. So a really big part of my, like, cold pitching strategy is using sites like AngelList and Crunchbase. So Mm -hmm. they are two different um, startup databases. I use kind of a combination because AngelList, I've, feel like it's kind of a newer player and so it's not as updated because it's really important for me to like figure out how much they've been they've raised because it kind of determines if I feel comfortable pitching them or like if I were to pitch them what they pay my rate or whatever right so crunch base is really great for like finding like really updated information but it's also kind of pay gated so um they understand that people use it a lot to figure out their sales strategy. So they've kind of gated a lot of the information behind like paywalls. So I kind of used mm-hmm. a combination of the both, of both of them, so that I can actually find companies to pitch. Um, lately I've also been using another company called Captera, um, which they're not like a database or anything. They're actually just like a review site for different software startups, like just different software across like all kinds of industries. And they have a lot of, they make a lot of content, like different lists of startups and just, you can find it from anywhere from like, tech, like HR stuff to like church management software, like social media scheduling, like all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff that businesses use. And it's just a great way for me to find like explainer videos and kind of like screenshots of stuff and then all kinds of stuff like that. So after I find a company through one of those sources, I usually move that over to LinkedIn uh, where I search for the company because the great thing about LinkedIn is that they literally have, they literally create basically databases of employees because mm-hmm. if you've been on like a company website, you know that sometimes it's hard to find exactly who works there. And so they share their information on LinkedIn. So usually when you go to a LinkedIn company page, it'll be like so-and-so employees employees who work here so if you wanted to pitch like a company like hp like it's literally just a database of like all their employees on linkedin and then from there i find emails using this plugin called find that email once i'm on their profile of like whoever i'm trying to pitch usually for me it's a content marketing manager or a marketing manager and then i'm able to find that email through find that email
0: that's awesome so find that email it basically like it, it gives you the email addresses based off of LinkedIn profiles.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's like cool. a Chrome extension. So yeah. you just install it and essentially just cross their profile based on like where they work. And then it's able to pull up some really relevant like, like emails. I found that most of the time they have an email and that it's really relevant. Mm-hmm. If But it does kind of cap you on credits. So yeah. I also use ones like Hunter. And yeah, I know that one. Stuff like that just to find emails because I feel like Hunter gives like a hundred email credits, where I feel like find email is way less credits. But like it's just finding different ones that do that.
0: Yeah! Wow, that's so smart. Yeah, I used to work in at a staffing company, and so and the salespeople would use Hunter all the time. So I'm familiar with that one, but I haven't heard of find that email. So have to check it out. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, it is, you're definitely doing your research. I love AngelList as well. I work with a lot of startups and I feel like it's one of those kind of like industry secrets, (laughs) I think. I mean, it's not, it's a huge website too, but people just don't talk about it. Like they talk about LinkedIn uh, because it doesn't really have the same social like social play to it as LinkedIn does so I feel like it's not as popular but it is has been really valuable to me as well um, for finding startups and stuff like that
1: yeah I know I kind of heard people say oh AngelList AngelList but like no one was telling me how to use AngelList. And I was like yeah. what are you doing with AngelList so then I just had to figure it out myself and like go in there and play around with it but it's just such a valuable resource
0: yeah yeah I think it's even just helpful just to have a profile on there because I actually strangely get not often, like not as much as LinkedIn, but I'll I'll get connection requests on there too once in a while. And I just think like making yourself available and there doesn't hurt if your target audience is there, if your target audience is startups, um, why not be, be where your audience is, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So what do you do when you, <laughs> after you get the email, do you just go in for like a cold, um, I guess a cold call, a cold email and introduce yourself? Or do you go at these people with like a very specific idea in mind or how do you kind of take the conversation from there?
1: Yes, I found that like short and sweet really works just like usually it's a simple like you know introduction to myself and like the kind of freelancer I am. I'm usually pitching HR or tech people so just telling me hey I write specifically for your industry that's really great. And then I kind of compliment them and like, I've usually kind of read their blog. So I might mention like one of the blogs I read. And then from there, I just say, I basically kind of list a little bit about who I've written for Cause at this point I've kind of written for quite a few HR tech tech people. So I can kind of link out to some articles I've written and then kind of just wrap it up with saying, Hey, are you looking for expanding your blog with more content writers? And, you know, can we have that conversation? So it's very yeah. simple, short, and sweet. Thing. It's like two paragraphs at maximum. I really try yeah. to keep it short.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's good advice. I know when I get a like a cold email that is, you know, <laughs> miles long, yeah. my eyes just start to roll to the back of my head. And I'm like, okay, you lost me. So <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. And it just makes you seem more human when you just want to open up the conversation pretty much. And you're not trying to just like hey, here's a link to my calendar. Here's my sales page. Here's this, here's that. Like that's so overwhelming. So I think that's really smart. So is that the um, the main way that you're finding clients then is mostly just cold pitching or I'm sure people are probably coming to you now as well since you've kind of been established for a while. Is there any other way that you get clients for the most part?
1: Yeah, so it's mainly at this point, just cold pitching and um, website, having people come to my my freelance website and like reaching out from there so but i feel like most of my income is cold pitching and i really like it because it allows me to work for companies that i never thought i could work for at like because really i've only been doing this for like not even three years yet so it just helps me work with like really big companies that i never thought that i would be able to just by sending an email it's pretty crazy
0: yeah that's that's awesome. I'm I'm so glad to hear that, too, because I don't really know a lot about that, to be honest. Like, I've done some cold pitching here and there, but not really. Most of my work has been kind of referral-based and Upwork, like when I first started. Um, and I'm still on there, too. I'll still take a gig on there every once in a while. Um, so, yeah, I'm not super knowledgeable about cold pitching. So this is super valuable, and um, I'm excited that you... Are sharing with us. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about h- how you are getting traffic to your website. So I know that you have kind of two different sides to your business. You have like your um, personal brand and then you have your brand brand, <laughs> your, your your writing brand, I guess. So what types of content are you using to promote yourself and actually get traffic to those websites?
1: Yeah, so SEO is humongous for me. I'm in love with Google, and it's almost too much, especially for the Happy Arkansan, which is my lifestyle blog. Almost like, to be honest, like 80, almost 90% of that is from Google. It's real bad. I should really diversify. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, so I really love search engine optimization and just finding ways to, you know, get content but I really try to do it in a way that's not like Google notice me and like I'm not very (laughs) specific about like I don't like super go into keywords and all kinds of stuff I just kind of write great content and try to get good backlinks and stuff like that so that is definitely a big part of it writing is a big part of both of those brands like my blog and my like writing brand um, because I am a writer, so people want to know how you write. So a lot of the traffic that comes into Amanda Costco is also writing, ba- it's also SEO based. And then also just sh- linking out to things on social media and stuff like that. Um, yeah. My podcast is kind of on the side of it all. Like I'm kind of trying to build up a third kind of brand. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of a little insane, but I feel like the Happy Canson at this <laughs> point kind of, almost runs on its own except for social media I have to be a little bit more careful about that but like other than like traffic I feel like it kind of does its own thing so yeah
0: yeah that's awesome you're good at social media too I'm like oh my gosh you are so impressive like when you did my when we did our podcast interview for your show you had like all these amazing graphics and stuff created so quickly I am the worst so and I'm a social media manager so your goals with social media, um, like, <laughs> do you like do creating content and like creating graphics and stuff like that? Because you're really good at it.
1: Oh, awesome! Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't actually don't really offer like graphic creation for my brand for my businesses usually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I use. I've just been learning a lot about Adobe products recently. Um, mm. For a while, I was kind of like sworn off on Adobe products because I thought they were like literally the worst. But it was, I think it was <laughs> honestly because my computer was so slow, but I recently upgraded my computer and it's just made it so much easier. I'll be running like a million Adobe products. I have all apps. yeah. Um, So I use a lot of Photoshop and things to create graphics and I use a lot of templates. That's really helpful yeah. for creating yeah. content over and over again. So that's just really helpful in that way so I don't know it's just trying to figure out (laughs) you know how to create them in easier ways and honestly I think Photoshop is just like an Adobe products in general are just like my favorite because they've been around for so long and anything I want to do I can find a little tutorial for it and so I'm always Mm -hmm. learning something with those
0: yeah that's a good skill to have for sure is that did you use Adobe products to create your journals as well
1: Yes, I used InDesign, which was kind of a bit of an undertaking because I actually, when I created those, I used a course and she taught Canva and Keynote, which I, I love those programs. (laughs) But for me, like, it was also coming to the point where, like, I was kind of, I kind of had known about InDesign a little bit. Like, I'd done a few things with InDesign. And so when she was teaching stuff in Canva, I was like, I could do this in InDesign, like, five times quicker. (laughs) So I just decided to do all of my journals in InDesign. Because I kind of had a little bit of a background and then I just really ramped up that background in in design and Photoshop and stuff.
0: That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about the journals and what kind of, what was the inspiration behind those?
1: So I have two journals for freelancers specifically. I have more, but these are the ones for freelancers. I have a client call Simplified, which is all about helping people with client calls because I have a love-hate relationship with client calls, I understand the process of them, understand why they're important, and I like them because they can, you know, get things moved along way quicker, but I'm also an introvert at heart, like I'm a true INFP, and so it's really hard for me to get on the phone without nervousness, and so finding a process for me to like get on a call without like freaking out was really important and so i decided to kind of create a journal where i could like have all the space in the world to like take notes and like brainstorm brain dump after a call to kind of understand if a client was for me in the first place and so that's kind of what the inspiration behind that was was just helping people get on client calls and not freak out especially introverts (laughs) to Um, I've, and extroverts to be honest too because I feel like extroverts think they're doing amazing but like I was on a call a couple months ago with an extrovert and they kind of pushed me out of the conversation a little bit and mm-hmm. it was like a lot of it was like a lot for me as an introvert so it kind of pushed me off as like getting them as a client even though I loved what they did I yeah. didn't work with them because I knew that I wouldn't be happy in that situation so I think everyone kind of needs to have that like, breathing space to kind of understand how they can show up best in client calls because mm-hmm. both sides have like some issues
0: <laughs> yeah I love that or just like when you get on a call with the talker who just is like you like them they're a great person but they talk about everything else and then you're like wait what did we actually get accomplished during this meeting and it's like oh nothing because <laughs> we we're just busy t- chatting you know so I love that idea that's great
1: Um, And then my second one was the 90-Day Ambitious Freelancer Planner. And it's basically just like a 90-day quarterly kind of planner um, to help people with their goals and helping them set up like really ambitious freelance goals and then actually breaking them down because it's one thing to have like these thick lofty goals. It's another thing to actually accomplish them. So breaking them down into monthly chunks and daily chunks. And also there's just a bunch of like resources in the back for like, um, books I love and podcasts I love, um, uh, social media challenges back there, self care bingo, just different stuff like that to kind of get people, give people some space to work on their on their freelance journey was like really the point. Like having like this journal, you have it, you're excited to work on it every day. And like actually putting in work every single day, because I know when you're first getting started, especially sometimes it's hard to actually set set aside the time to work on it. Because when I first got started, I was seeing everything, but and it was like I really need to have like some come to reality meetings with myself about like how much I needed to put into this business.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Cool. So you created those in InDesign and then did you like publish them through Amazon or how did you actually get them out into the masses
1: yeah so they're published through Kindle Direct Publishing which is Amazon's publishing platform and it's actually really legitimate it's actually a cool platform it's great you don't have to worry about like sales taxes on like the individual journals because Amazon takes care of that which for me was like one of the hardest parts about like because if it was sold in, like, you know, a random country or if it's sold, mm-hmm. in like, across the state, I didn't want to have to worry about, like, taxes in, like, 50 different states or taxes in, like, 10 different countries or how many other right. countries it was sold in. So it's really cool that I can sell it pretty much anywhere that Amazon sells without having to worry about um, the actual, like, sales yeah. tax and that kind of distribution of it either because Amazon does it and you can if it's a, if you have prom you can actually get it two day um shipping which I could never do on my own like I right if you wanted me to do it it'd be like a week <laughs> and that's like <laughs> really pushing it so I really like the Amazon takes care of everything for me and all I have to do is upload it to the back end of KDP.
0: Nice that's awesome I yeah I've I've just like messed around with that a little bit and it is such a cool platform um I think it's totally changed the game because like back in the day when you would say that something was self-published it was like oh interesting but now like (laughs) amazon or kindle kdp it's like so professional like it's not like you know you you printed this book by yourself and it's all kind of wonky it's it it's legit so that's awesome
1: yeah it's definitely kind of changes everything because like. There's so much of like the logistics that they're just able to handle, and like literally, mm-hmm. they can publish a book for like two dollars. That would take yeah. some person like me like way more than that to publish, like getting all the equipment and putting the books together. Like that would that used to take so much more money and so much more overhead than it does now with Amazon. Like you can literally publish a Kindle book um, or a book on KDP for like yeah. less than ten dollars, and like just yeah. just more of your energy and time than your money.
0: Right, yeah, that's awesome. So that's one of the ways that you kind of, um, I guess, monetize your personal brand. You also, I think we mentioned at the top of the episode, you also work with brands sometimes on sponsored posts, and you do affiliate links and and things like that. Can you talk talk to me a little bit about some of the sponsorships that you do? Like, how do you work with brands? How do you get sponsorships? And um, maybe what do you include if you well I guess first I'll ask how do, how do you get them do they come to you or are you actively pitching them?
1: Yeah so it has morphed and changed um, so one of the things I do is I really like like sponsor post websites like social fabric it's really good especially if you're just beginning the prices aren't great it's like a 150 ish per blog. Um, or like, it's a, usually a blog and like some social shares, but it's just like a really great way to start. And usually they have some really big brands. Like I've worked with Coke, um, like A um, healthy choice and like a lot of really cool brands through social fabric. Um, I've also done things on like this site is called clever. It's like real clever. Um, and Isaiah's really good options, like all, all these like really big kind of, um, social like sponsor posts kind of websites also through things like um, I have a couple of ones through um, blog me blog meets brand blog meets brand it's another one just like those sites and then um, like networks like Influencer collective it's mostly for like college age and like young adult women but it's just like a really great one that I've seen and they do occasional sponsor posts through them so Networks and sites, and also lately, I've like looked. A lot of my um, income has actually come through affiliate sponsor p- sponsorships of them. Makes sense. So it's kind of like um, I'm on sites like ShareSell and Impact and things like that, and so a lot of those companies will actually sponsor um, sponsor posts on your blog, and it's just a really mm. cool way to like kind of double up because they can actually see kind of how the links work. And you could actually make a little bit more money through the actual people clicking on your link and then money from like a sponsorship. So that's how I've been finding a lot of my opportunities lately is through affiliate marketing, affiliate marketing sites.
0: Hmm, That's that's very interesting. Yeah. So um, so on some of these like sponsorship platforms, I'm not I'm not familiar with many of the ones that you listed but for youtube i know there's like fame bit and grapevine and things like that i'm sure they're probably pretty similar um so you have to kind of send out a pitch when you like apply to these jobs is that kind of the same for those websites
1: yeah so they usually kind of give you like a random overview and then you kind of have to give like a specific pitch of how it you like the kind of content you would create on your own website and yeah. so Um, that's for like the sponsored post networks and stuff like that
0: yeah cool so what do you think what kinds of things do you think are important to include in those pitches
1: yeah so very much so like a specific idea is really important like exactly how you'll like go about something a little bit more about your audience and why they should like hire you and also list a little bit more about yourself because honestly sometimes an audience story is great but like if you don't have like the best Instagram following or the best anything just learning a little bit more about why your audience is so specific and also why you would be a good fit is a really great thing so like when I worked with A&W last year and I did like some of the cute cupcakes and things like them for them I mentioned that my dad actually and my mom actually when I was a kid worked at A&W so Aww. made it really specific to who I was as a person and how N W was such a big part of my childhood when I was a kid. Yeah, because um, they have like N W. They used to have like restaurants. I think they still kind of do in some places. Um, yeah. But it was specific to me as a person, and I think that's what made me stand out over like, yeah, my Instagram following is not the best, but like I have this sentimental value and the sentimental connection to this company.
0: Right. I love that. I love that because that's definitely going to come out in your work, you know, and I think brands know that if you have this actual connection to their product versus just kind of like, you know, trying to sell this random product that you don't really care about, that's going to show and your audience is going to be able to see that. So hopefully, you know, they'll actually get what they, (laughs) the, the desired outcome from it. You know, one other thing that I wanted to ask you about, because I feel like many months ago I I vaguely remember us chatting about this briefly on Twitter was guest posting and I'm just asking selfishly for me because I've 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 been thinking about like opening up um, my blog again but I'm like I don't have any time to do that so I'm, I'm wondering if you feel like guest posting is a valuable thing to do from either side like do you feel like guest posting have you ever done that on your blog or have you ever done any guest posting on other blogs yeah
1: so honest I have done on both so I've done like guest posts to my blog and for a while some of my actually still like depend it goes in waves because of like how college students are like some of my top posts on the happy hour Canson and our guest posts that other people have submitted to me so hmm. it is kind of challenging though because like you sometimes you have those people who aren't really they're just like flooding your inbox with guest post requests and not really in it for like the right reasons or it just seems yeah. like it's very spammy or they don't really actually know you that well and they're pitching you these topics that don't really matter to you but i just find that they're really helpful um you know just building yourself especially if you're not able to really post as much as you like because sometimes like when i'm freelancing i'm in freelancing mode and i'm not like mm-hmm. creating content i don't think i've created content for the happy art cancer in like a week or two now um i really need to start creating some content but like it's sometimes really hard when you are focusing on you have so many things like right now i'm like really focused on my podcast and my um freelance stuff so yeah things kind of have to be shifted around a little bit so As far as guest posting at other people's company, on other people's sites, I think it's also really helpful because of a search engine optimization. Backlinks are so important to have, and there are a variety of ways. Obviously, there are easier ways to get backlinks since you can do like interviews and you can do, um, you know, having someone like do a roundup of people's advice and stuff. Those are easier ways, but I feel like you're also gonna make a bigger connection with someone's audience when you are mm-hmm. doing a guest post, and then they can use that. And um, if that person uses guest posts properly, they can keep getting traffic to you and to their own website through like Pinterest and SEO and like all the stuff that's going on. So, I guess it's a matter of like finding the right blogs to guest post on. Like, you can't just guest post on anything, you have to be kind of specific and make sure that you're picking the right companies to guest post on. Or picking mm-hmm. the right places to get
0: this on. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. Cool. Well, I feel like we talked about a lot. I feel like those were the big things that I wanted to ask you about on my list. Uh, do you want to let people know where they can find you?
1: Yeah. So, my biggest place I'm probably on. Well, I can't really say that much right now. But I'm on the Happy Arkansas.com a lot, and I'm the Happy Arkansas on Instagram. Um, as well, I've been on my The Ambitious Freelancer brand a lot recently, so I'm at The Ambitious Freelancer on Instagram and TheAmbitiousFreelancer.com. So, I'm not as active on like the brand side of Amanda Costco, but you can find me at AmandaCostco if you want to see what I'm doing there.
0: Yeah, and if you happen to be in HR tech company looking for writers (laughs) i don't know how many of those are listening to my podcast but you never know
1: it's very specific
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's good though cool well thank you so much amanda for joining i'm super excited for people to hear this one no problem thank you i'm latasha james and that's it for this episode of the freelance friday podcast if you enjoyed the show don't forget to review it on itunes or share it with a friend this podcast is all about community, so you can also go ahead and head over to the Facebook group. It's called The Freelance Friday Podcast Community or follow me on social. My handle is The Latasha James across all platforms. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode and like I said, feel free to share it with a friend, tag a friend, screenshot the episode and tag a friend. It really helps us grow this community and my goal is to help as many people through this collective community become better freelancers and more empowered freelancers. So that's it for the episode. I'll talk to you in the next one. It airs every single Friday. I'll talk to you again then.